Hello, welcome to Try Catch. This is a podcast on anything application development related. My name is Natalie. I am a developer and I am super excited to introduce our very first podcast series on pair programming. This series includes four interviews of devs and a leader on their perspective on pair programming. The lineup includes Shane Fitch, a dev, Michael McGee, a QA dev, Mike Warren, a leader, and Jeremy Novak, another dev. So either Jason Norris, who is also a dev, or myself will interview these individuals. And each individual has varying opinions on pairing, and it is worth a listen. So listen in. Don't forget to share what you think by adding comments on this podcast site. And without further ado, let's start it out and kick it off with Shane's interview. Let's get started. I am with Shane. Hello, Shane. Hello, Natalie. I'm Natalie. (laughs) We're both developers, and we're here to talk about pairing and to hear from Shane his perspective on pairing. But before we get started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a software dev. Cool. I've been one for a while. (laughs) Before I worked here, I worked as a consultant with another company where we did a lot of our work by ourselves. And um, then when I got tired of doing that, I came here on the recommendation of another employee, and it's been great. I've loved it ever since. No regrets? You don't no. want to go back to your Lone Ranger days? No, no thanks. <laughs> so then, fast forward, now you work at Farm Credit, and you and I worked on the same team, on Team Jedi. We're both devs, and it's very much a team that pairs a lot, mm-hmm. often. How was that coming from an environment where you're the lone ranger, everything's on you to get things done, to coming to a pairing and when you've never paired? How was that experience? Yeah, so at first it was kind of a a culture shock, I guess you could say. I mean, when we were talking about, you know, I was looking at the position, I was talking to Mike about the position, um, and he talked about this whole pair programming thing. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. You know, I didn't know what to expect. But it was kind of a culture shock when you come in and you, you know, I'm I'm coming in from an environment where production is key, right? Like everything, the faster you get something done, the better. And so there were many times early on where I had to be told, you don't have to go that fast. You can take your time, make sure we're doing it right. And it's not about like rapid fire, get it done, what's the next thing? Get it done, what's the next thing? So it was a little bit of a culture shock, but I am pretty adaptable, so I roll with it. And... One of the, probably the key things for me when I first came here was the opportunity to work with Ahmad. Ahmad Ghaznawi is on Kinetic now, but at the time he was on Jedi. And he is an amazing developer with a wealth of knowledge. And being able to work with him really, I think, set me up for success on the team. And it was a really good head start. So it was great working with him. That's one of the big difference makers is like when you come into an environment like this, like who you get to work with up front can really make a difference. If you have a good experience, it can set you up the right way. If you have a bad experience, it can send you down the wrong path, but it was awesome working with him. So Ahmad was your first pair, your first pairing experience coming to Farm Credit? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was the first person I paired with. So during the Frontier conversion, I worked with him. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I came in and I'm like, they're like, you're doing this Frontier conversion and we're introducing this thing called McGruff and we're putting ECS in and all that. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. What's what's a McGruff (laughs) and what's an ECS? Right. And um, I got to sit with him and go through the process and it took me a while to understand what's going on but it kind of goes both ways though too so you as the dev is the person that came in me in this instance in this case 
was that, you know, I sat and he was very good at explaining and going through what he was doing and really being descriptive and answering questions. He's incredibly patient. And then at some point I just stepped up and said, hey, let me do some of the work because I'd like to begin really learning it. And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. You know, and then he would assist me. So those, that experience made a big difference for me. Right. I know I've paired with Ahmad before too, and I agree, like having that first pairing experience, being a good one and having a good mentor is important because that will leverage you and help you learn faster. Yeah. I can relate to that because before I had ever experienced that level of pairing, I had years and years of developing solo and I'm like, oh yeah, pairing, no problem. I can work well with people. I'm super adaptable. But when you get in front of the computer and you're just starting to learn and you're like, uh, duh, how do I type? Or like, what are we doing? Now I have it's an audience. Yes, it's yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, somebody watching me and it's like, well, now I can't look like I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Right, but you're still trying to process and learn and figure yeah. things out. And having that first pair, like, be a good mentor. And for Ahmad, for example, he's humble, but he's very knowledgeable. And he's all about sharing that knowledge yeah. and taking turns. And Well, he was always very open to letting you mess yourself up. So if I, there were instances where I would push, I'd be like, well, let's try this. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. And I'm like, well, let's just try it. And he's like, okay. And then we do it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm like, well, lesson learned. <laughs> but he was very good about that. So anyway, yeah, the first experience made a big difference for me when it came to starting my career here. Right. So that was your first pairing experience, having experience two perspectives of having to do it all by yourself versus pairing and having a team. What is your stance on pairing? I think it's amazing, honestly. I mean, I think it's something that, I mean, it's an, it's an agile programming technique, which is kind of what we do here. And it's something that I think is invaluable, especially as a, in an organization like ours, where we've had big pushes on quality. We've had you know, these important knowledge bases that need to be maintained about all the different applications that we work on or that we've created. Pairing creates a lot of redundancy. At the previous job that I worked at, I mean, when somebody quit, it was very stressful because you had to go in and take, you know, somebody had to go in and take over their work. And they were the only ones ever working on that entire system. And so you would just panic. You're like, oh, how does this work? I've only got you for two more weeks. You need to dump everything on me, you know? And then that's on top of your already stressful workload. Right. Pairing obviously alleviates that because you've now distributed those those workloads across many different people at the same time. But not only that, it helps you disseminate the knowledge. So you get like issues or mistakes that you've made while working on something, you bring a pair on, you can start working through those same things. Go like, here's where, here's a got you in this. And you get another set of eyes on it. You get new ideas. You get dialogue. There's, I think there's a different thinking process that happens when you pair. Uh, I think that you know it's different than when you're alone. And I think that's just because there's somebody there with you. So that one is on knowledge sharing. What are your top reasons why you're pro-pairing? So, yeah. So the top reasons, I would say, is like most people are pretty... I mean, they did a... The study's really old, but most programmers actually enjoy pair programming. Apparently, it's got a high level of satisfaction. So not only is it that you get those benefits of knowledge transfer and you're not building up silos of people who are the only ones that know how any of this stuff works and you're not building up code bases where one person's single train of thought is what put all of that code out there without 
much question. But it also adds to job satisfaction, at least according to the study and according to my opinion. So you I, like to pair. I like pairing because I like that the social aspect of it. Right. I definitely think we produce better code because of it, if when it's done right. So, you know, when you pair, you have like, you have the driver and the navigator. So the driver is the one that's typing the code and the navigator is the one that's thinking about the overall architecture and helping spot issues. And I think those, those two things work very well together. And during that process, there's a lot, you can have a lot of fun with it, right? It's not just sit down, stare at your desk, punch a keyboard, then go home. And that's fine for some people. A lot of people like that. I'm not one of them. I like going to work and Enjoying my day, right? right? Work and play. Yeah, should be fun. <laughs> and we have a, we had a lot of fun on our team. Like when I was yes. on Jedi, we had fun all the time. We'd stop and joke. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to, especially when you're on your own, it's easy to sit there and get locked into what you're doing. And then I remember on stories that I'd work by myself, I'd get locked in and I'm like forcing myself to get up. I'd have to like stop and I got to go out and get water or I got to take lunch even because it just gets so locked in. And when you're pairing, at least somebody might go, Hey, I'm going to go to the restroom. Let's take a break, you know, or something like that. You know, good pairing techniques that force you to kind of think about those things. But the other aspect of it too, is it's fun. You can have fun with it. You can joke, you can solve problems, you can enjoy your day at work. And for me, that's, that's important. You should, you should enjoy what you do. So you knowledge sharing, having fun, quality, are there any other reasons why you're pro-pairing? Okay, so quality is obviously, you know, not building silos of knowledge, helping to minimize risk. I mean, there's a lot of things around quality that are uh, incorporated in that. Team building, having fun, joking, playing. I mean, it also helps you get to know people. When you pair and you keep switching pairs and you get you get to work with all the different people on your team, you're building a rapport with them. And so then I think that frees you to be more honest with the people that you get to know. So when we're pairing or even we're not pairing, let's say we're doing a pull request or we're doing something where we're reviewing somebody else's work. If you've gotten to know everybody on your team pretty well, and that happens naturally through pairing, you might be more willing to call them out on stuff or at least point something out instead of just, you know, not knowing how they're going to react to it. You know, if, if I make a mistake on something or when you and I paired together, we would do that a lot. And I would more about let's get the job done. And, and I think it harks back to your last job or yeah. get it done. How do you get it done? Process? Let's get it done. How do you push it out? How do you drive it to done? And so we'd start yeah. naming a variable and you're like, well, what should we name it? <laughs> and I'm like, who cares? Let's name it X. Like, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I was like, no, <laughs> we can't just say who cares. It needs to be something meaningful. And so those little things like getting to know each other, you can talk like that openly and not feel that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or that. Maybe I'm not going to say anything to that person, and this little thing's going to slide because I was afraid to. I don't know them well enough. They just sit. We just sit at our desks and we pound keyboards all day, and so I think that that helps make the overall environment better as well. We can we can really hold each other accountable. Like it's your work environment becomes more like a second family. It's your work family, right. and so then you're a little more open and, and honest with each other when you get to work in that close proximity with each other, share ideas and. Naturally, you share your life, your life stories, you talk about your family, you talk about all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot more, I think, a lot more engagement and it just gets a lot more personal, comfortable. And I think we can, we can produce a lot better work when we're all on that same page. And I can even say like anybody I've paired with and including you, like just by having that experience builds the relationship so much more. Like you just gain that trust and you can like candidly talk to each other and say, 
hey, I don't get what you're thinking here. or yeah. But it's a pull and push. It's a back and forth thing. And I felt like we complimented each other very well. Yeah, I think so. Because there would be other times where we'd be like, yeah, I think that's not worth the gain Juice. or the risk is not worth <laughs> the effort. And it'd be like, right. yeah, we don't need that degree of unit test. Or, yeah. yeah, we can trust that the library has this part handled. And it's a major yeah. investment, too, by the company, right? So they this is obviously something that had been thought out, talked about, planned on, and implemented. And they knew the costs. The company knows the cost of it and what it brings and what they think it brings. And so I think those dialogues, you know, left to somebody's own device, they might write that entire app in my way or your way only. And then, you know, you didn't, you don't get that benefit of what we went through where you were a lot more methodical on the uh, implementation aspect of it. Like the thoughtfulness you put into things like the naming conventions and trying to add more safeguards and then versus me trying to go, well, what's the scope of our story? Let's make sure we're accomplishing just that and and good behavior reinforcement. Yeah. Back in the day, because I'm I'm a super fast typer, and I'm like, why aren't I taking advantage of the intelligence or the resharper tips? I'm like, control R. To re- oh yeah, like, renaming stuff. Like control. I'm like, oh, anyway, like, control R. <laughs> you delete the whole Rename. line. You like need to change one letter, and you delete the entire word. Right. All the way back to the letter. I'm like, just go to the letter and change it. <laughs> I need to start over. Uh, I mean, the one thing that I've ran into a lot is not just learning about the applications that we support, but techniques and ideas and tricks from other developers that they either have learned somewhere else that they've come up with that I didn't even think about, right? Where you're like, huh, that's an interesting way to implement something like that. And you doing stuff on your own, you kind of get stuck with your tool set unless you get stuck on a problem you can't solve. But if it is something that you're used to doing, you have your tool set. And it's easy to kind of just get into that groove of doing everything the same way, right? So you might get into some code and you can kind of go like, yeah, this looks like it was written by one person because every bit of like every part of this application follows like this similar cadence of implementation. And it just, it, it's, it's almost like a signature, right? But it may not have been the best way or it may not have been even a good way. It's like a pair would hopefully be able to identify stuff like that. Maybe not always, but you or, would think. Right. Or even if they don't know that that's a, cool trick just by watching that other person do it you pick yeah it up. Like, you pick it up yeah and i did that a lot with the mod i mean he constantly was doing things so i'm like i didn't know you could do that I right. didn't, you know there's he was such a wealth of knowledge right everybody that i've paired with i've picked up something whether it's a coding technique or a way of thinking or a way of approaching and it's yeah. just, there's always something to learn from other people sure well and and teach other people it's a good mentoring opportunity too absolutely right so we bring in people of all different kinds of experience levels and another way to kind of grow personally is those opportunities to work with people who have less experience and then be able to mentor them right work with them help them learn new things teaching is another way of reinforcing what you already know so right. that actually helps you even more along with helping somebody else I think there are a lot of benefits to it, regardless of your personality. There are a lot of benefits, right? So you're someone that likes pairing. I not, do. Right, but not every not everybody does. What would you say to them? Because some people, like for you, you get engaged and you get energized by having yeah. that pairing experience versus just being by yourself and coding. But other people, it could be the opposite. What's your perspective on that? What would be your advice or... Have you experienced that? Yeah, I don't know that I've experienced anybody that's just outright said, I hate pairing or I really don't like pairing. 
I think I've experienced people that probably didn't care for it as much, but aren't vocal about it. Probably prefer to to just kind of sit down and hammer away problems. And I think that's fine because there's plenty of environments for that. As far as our environment, that's kind of what the department has pushed. Like I said, you know, it's it's something that is kind of a department initiative. It's part of the agile family of techniques and that's what we do here so if they don't like it i mean i don't know what you'd say to them i mean it's just kind of i it's if i worked a job i didn't like in an environment i didn't like i probably wouldn't work there for very long so i would assume that either most of the people that don't care for it either just don't care they it doesn't bother them enough that they're like you know what i can't work here um and they leave or there really is just nobody that stays here for very long and when they don't like it. And I know some teams, they pair heavily more than other teams. Right. So it could, I it could, could be a team level thing. Team or the nature of the work or, or preferences, I think, could be kept in mind when... Right. So here's another question. Do you think that we should be pairing all the time? No. I know that there are instances where pairing is not really necessary. For me, it's... If I'm making that choice, if I make the decision, it's going to be based off story size and complexity, obviously. Like, you know, if you're going through and you're just changing some variable names or you're, you know, I don't know what it would be, you know, updating NuGet packages because of some EA initiative, like, that doesn't require a pair. Anybody can do that, you know. Um, in that instance, that really split the work up. In other instances, if you are pairing on a story and there's a lot of repetitive tasks that you can do together, you could break them apart and be like, I'll take this half, you take this half, and then you get back together and review each other's work. So there are a lot of instances like that. I think when there's a more complex implementation, it's probably in our best interest to pair on those things so that somebody else just is familiar with the process. And again, that goes back to that redundancy and minimizing risk. I know in the past that when we paired on something and it was pretty darn redundant, we had to touch all of these different services, that we split it up and then we met up again. It didn't make yeah. sense for us to both be driving in the same car at yeah. the same time. Yeah, for sure. It. You know, you can get help from you know, so your senior teammates to help decide on that and the leaders to identify it. I guess not. it's not always just a personal decision. But yeah, story size, complexity, what leaders think, you know. So, drama question. Any difficult times pairing? So, I'm not afraid to say stuff. And people that know me know that. And sometimes it's to my benefit and sometimes it's to my detriment. So when I am I when I've ran into instances where I felt like I the pairing wasn't going as well as I thought it could, I'm not afraid to speak up and I, I'll say it. I'll be like, Look, we're not I'm not learning anything and I'm actually getting bored or whatever. I'm not afraid to say that. I need to drive for a while. I need to be in control of what's going on for a little bit, or else I'm not gonna be any good to this. Like I'm sitting here, I'm disengaged. So I'm not afraid to say that. And every time I've done that, it's been fine. Like, I've never had anybody go, no, I didn't want to pair in the first place, right? So, like, for me, it's never really been difficult. And I think, in general, most people do like me. Maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. <laughs> they either they say they like me or at least they smile. I don't know. But I think, in general, most people seem to find me pleasant to be around. Typically, sometimes. I would vouch. And Hopefully, I would most of the time. Yeah. So... It's not hard to work with me. Gotcha. But yeah, so in that in that respect, it's I've never really ran into a hard time pairing. It has to be a good partnership, a good melding, and with certain personalities sometimes, or ways or preferred ways of working. Sometimes that can clash. 
And that, I mean, that kind of goes back to how we do stuff here. It's like if you don't like to pair, if it's really something that you're you're against. I know that each team makes up their own team agreements, you know, and they can talk about what they do. If they want to pair or they don't want to pair, apparently that's an option. I'm not sure. When you pair, do you treat every pair the same? No, you can't. But that's the thing. Like, I get to know people and try to get to know, like, their interests and how to entertain them and things that they like, don't like, how to approach them, talk to them. So I try to be individual with the people that I work with because we're all individuals, Natalie. And we all have different ways of thinking. Can't treat everybody the same. No, nope, like can't the treat kids. them all the same. No, nope. but no. So I do try to be personal on it. No, I don't treat them all the same. I would agree with you. I don't either. If there's someone that's newer that you want to empower more, then you want to share that, make them feel more empowered, and add that partnership. Or if it's someone that's really you know dominant and, and you know strong, like sometimes there's ways I think that you can be like. Hey, can I have a turn driving? Or you might yeah. say, or hey, have you thought about it this way? Like, hey, I I know you're thinking that way, but can we try this for a second? Or like, yeah. so there's, or and the vice versa, you might be someone is more internalizing thinking. You're like, oh, I know this person has something good going on for how we can implement this. I just need to be quiet so they can think. <laughs> you know, sometimes, right. and then you're like. I was like, all right, let me know when you're ready to say something. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Every, everybody you treat differently. Yeah, they're they different. Process and they like, and like I've ran into pairing situations where I could just say something like, hey, let's go do this. And the person driving is like, okay. And then I've ran into situations where I had to pose the suggestions as questions and then let them think about the answer to that question, to which I already know the answer. But pose it as if it's a question, and then when they reach the conclusion, they'll go do it. Otherwise, if I just say, hey, let's go do this, I might get ignored for until I say it like four times. <laughs> so there are different ways of approaching people right. um, differently once you learn that stuff. It's like, right. okay, let's try this. Nope, that didn't work. Let's try this. Nope, that didn't work. Let's try this. <laughs> ah, that worked. This is how you work with them. Right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, Shane, so much for sharing your perspective on pairing. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. This was fun. 